Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Hey, Ed here, Digital Voices. Really excited this episode to have a friend on. So a lot of times, I do know a lot of our guests, some just for a few years and some longer. So uh, Bradley and I have known each other. Geez, I didn't even count the years, Bradley. What do you think it's been? It's been at least 10 years. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I think well over. I think it, probably 2009, 2010-ish, right around yeah. that time frame. Yeah, maybe 15 years. And I've just followed his career. So we're really going to talk really uh, health tech exec to exec about digital transformation and, and, and learn a little bit about Bradley's unique story uh, on a personal level and how that drives him to do the great things that he does. Yeah, so I think we first met when we were on this advisory board with uh, AT&T, we were both customers. And so we met up a few times. And And what I appreciated about uh, you, Bradley, is that you were never shy to share an opinion, you know, because sometimes, you know, on these advisory boards, you get people on there, they don't say anything. And you're like, you know, why are you here? And, uh, but you were definitely not that way, not wired that way. And, and therefore, you've been extremely uh, beneficial to many different companies over the years giving advice and, and insights from a CIO or, or health tech executive. So two questions we ask everyone. Uh, what songs are on your playlist right now? Oh, right now. Okay. Wow. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I have The only time I really listen to music is when I'm working out. So, I mean, a lot of that is just, you know, I just want the, the beats. So, like, I, I Spotify Mint, uh, my... my my kids don't like it. My my wife doesn't like it. So I think that that makes that means I'm doing something right. You know, I just I just get in and get on the bike and uh, have the music going in the background. But uh, you know, I, uh, I I have lots of different likes. I mean, I like everything from you know '90s hip hop to uh, you know '90s alternative. I mean, that's kind of when I grew up, and you know, that's that's been the era of music. So uh, yeah. I, I just say I just say all the all, all the mint stuff that I can just take off my mind off that grinding climb that I'm about to do on the bike and on my trainer. Yeah. Uh, I hear you there. That's for sure. What about your uh, passion or your life message or mantra? You know, words that you live by. Is there something that sort of you always go back to, like that helps define who you are? Um, I, you know, I, I think I think two of them are. Uh, you know, the first one being is you know wherever you are, that's where you're supposed to be. You know, I kind of you know I think that you know that can really define a lot of challenges. You know, whenever you have a challenge, you know, there's nothing that you can't overcome. Um, and you know, it's usually it's you know you don't always see it when it's occurring. So it's usually when you're on the other side, we're like, wow, you know, I learned a lot from that or wow, that was an amazing experience. You know, it's not one that I would have picked to go into, but it's, you know, uh, you, you come out of it much better. So that, that's one. And then kind of the other one, this has been a little bit more recent for me. It's, you know, it's, it's how can I make you successful? Um, and, um, you know, it's really kind of been my, my it's been my, my, my rallying cry recently uh, as a leader. And I think that, you know, too, too often we figure like, how can the, my team members make me successful when as a leader, we should really be focusing on how can I make the people on my team successful? Because ultimately I'm successful by the, the, the output that they put, that, that, that they deliver. So by me enabling them to be successful is how I become successful. And you know, that's yeah. really, it's, a, it's how can I make you successful? It's so simple and uh, not enough people uh, do it. It reminds me of Zig Ziglar. I was fortunate before he, I saw him live a couple of times and I was a big growing up as a Zig Ziglar fan, and I'm not going to do him justice, but he said something similar, like you can get everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life. And 
and the way he delivered it, I mean, it was just so powerful, but it's, it's a similar message. And it's true. If we, if we think less about self and more about others, everyone wins. We're, we're all super successful. Hey, Bradley, you know, not everyone will know right off the bat who you are. So tell us a little bit about your story, personal, professional, and sort of how you, um, your journey and how you came to where you are today and, and weave in whatever amount of uh, personal, professional aspects you want to, because then after that, we'll dive more into leadership. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that sounds great. You know, and I, pre- I really appreciate this opportunity. It was, it was so fortuitous that we connected again at, at Hims, Um And it was just, you know, overall, you know, just, just being at Hims with everybody and seeing people's faces and, and everything. It was, it was just such a, a, a great experience. So um, what, what I, uh, so a little bit about me, you know, I, I, I've always loved technology. Um, I've always been fascinated with technology, even from when I was very young and, you know, at my age, you know, it, it was, we were, I'm right on that, gen, I'm on that generational cusp where, you know, most people didn't have computers when I was growing up. You were in the minority if you, if you had computers other than maybe a, an old work laptop that, you know, or an old, or you used to work at a desktop at, at, uh, at work. So, um, I just wanted to, knew that I wanted to be in technology. Um, and, uh, I got my start very early on. Um, I had, uh, my, my, my wife's grandfather was actually one of my, was like he, he was uh, the he founded uh, Hughes Network Systems, which originally was Maycom Communications, and I did an internship there uh, while I was in school, and um, you know I really got to see what it was like to do enterprise IT at such a scale, um, you know, and he's always been my uh, my mentor uh, until his passing, and uh, he was just a great person that really helped me along my journey, and I think one of the things I, I still remember to this day, I think I've shared this a few times before, is you know we were basically he would take me out to lunch. And uh, we were in the elevator and uh, I asked him, I still remember to this day, uh, I asked him, I was like, well, I was like, how come you're COO? Why aren't you CEO? Why aren't you chairman? You're the, the, the current CEO. He wasn't even one of the founders of the company. Why, why did you do that? And he said, he looked at me and smiled, you know, now my naivete kind of enables me to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I asked that question. But you know, that, that, that conversation could have gone very, two very different directions. But you know, he looked at me and smiled and he said, you know, he's like, that's not what I do. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer. I like operations. I like making sure that, uh, you know, that's how I'm successful. And he's like, if you want to be successful in your career, you need to not only know what you do well, but know what you don't do well and surround yourself with the people that, that will make you successful and that compliment you. Cause, uh, so it, kind of taking that into consideration, that's kind of where I really kind of just propel myself into, into the technology world. Um, you know, I joined a uh, consulting company that was doing a lot of, uh, uh, Software development, ASP, web development early on in the like 99, 2000, right around, you know, when Y2K was going to take out the world. Um, and uh, I actually kind of turned that into a uh, consulting career. Uh, I was seeing uh, all these opportunities in the Microsoft centric consulting. Um, so, you know, Active Directory, Microsoft Exchange, SharePoint. A uh, little funny fact I actually registered MicrosoftSharePoint.com for Microsoft. Uh, this is back in, yeah, this is back in 2000. Um, because it was too difficult for them to register domains at the time. So the, the product had asked us if we'd do it. So a little, little fun fact. So, you know, I, um, I've had the fortuitous uh, uh, or the serendipitous uh, opportunity to be in the right place. And, uh, you know, right when oh, there was a huge change. So I started getting into consulting right when Active Directory and Microsoft Technologies came out. And I, I built the relationships, built a number of, of customers. And um, one of my customers ended up being Resurgence Orthopedics, which, um, you know, I, I, I saw and, and healthcare was very interesting to me. And uh, that's how I got my start in healthcare. So, uh, you know, 
Uh, I started in healthcare two years before Meaningful You started. So, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about a, a, a huge innovation or an inflection point in healthcare, you know, that, that's been there. And then, uh, you know, I was there for a very long time. I was CIO for it's one of the largest orthopedic uh, uh, health systems in, in the country. And, um, you know, I was there for 13 years as CIO and uh, it was a great experience. Um, from there, I uh, actually kind of wanted to be on the product side. I, I really wanted to focus on, you know, how can we kind of make the delivery better and not just from the, the caregiver side, but from the product side. And uh, I worked with a, a company called LK, um, great, um, great opportunity there. I worked with, the, with their sales team and uh, it was actually interesting because they wanted CIOs to help them sell to CIOs. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, I know a lot of people go back and get their e executive MBA, but you know, there's probably no better uh, experience than working with a sales team and looking at the entire, you know, the entire ecosystem of that sale and understanding both the whole process and like what it takes to get in front of a CIO from the other side of the table and kind of how can we kind of make that process more frictionless so that we can, you know, kind of cut out the cost. So it was a great experience to see how everything worked. And, and I think that that was been one of the best experiences, you know, from a professional development perspective uh, until, you know, my friend, Justin Barnes, I think, I believe you know Justin Barnes pretty well as well. Uh, he yep. uh, said, "Hey Bradley, we we need your help. We uh, it, COVID just hit, and uh, we uh, really kind of need this uh, company cure for you. To we need your leadership with uh, interoperability and security. So you know, I've, I've always said there's a, I keep a, a short list of people that if they ask me to come work for them, I couldn't say no. So he was he was one of my five. So that's that, that brings me to here. All right, no, awesome, Brad. And I I hope I'm on that list, uh, but you don't have to disclose here uh, publicly." <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, you know, yeah, let, let's dig into that aspect one, one layer deeper, because I know a lot of the audience are like both of you, you and I, where we've been longtime healthcare CIOs, leaders on the provider side, and we took that step, it's kind of a scary step, took that step on the supplier side. What would your recommendation be? Like, do you recommend that as a, a, as a career path for people, even if they go back, but at least to have that experience? I mean, is it something you'd recommend to CIOs or CDOs out there today? Um, you know, I, I, nobody knows how to consume something better or, you know, than when you, or is it, if you walk a mile in somebody's shoes, you know, um, and I, I, I love it. You know, I love being on this side. I love being innovative because I, I really, you know, I was sitting down with my wife when I was kind of deciding what I want to do next. And, you know, she's like, you seem to be happiest when you're working with, because a lot of times we would work with these other organizations and we would help build the solutions, but it was kind of, you know, you weren't really building it. You were giving input and feedback and they were building it. And, you know, you kind of didn't get to see all that, those pieces. So, so I, I definitely recommend it. You know, I, I think one of the most difficult things, um, and, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people talk about this, but, you know, when you're a CIO, you, you have a lot of friends. And, you know, one of the, one of the probably one of the most eye-opening things is somebody warned me about this. It wasn't, too much of a shock, but you know, there's there's something I like to refer to as transactional friends. So you'll have friends that you know were friends of CIO Bradley, not necessarily friends of you know Bradley now that he's moved on to a non-CIO role. And um, you know, it's some of them, there's going to be at least a, a couple that are going to shock you, but you know the the ones that stay with you, like like Ed and you know a number of other uh, Christopher. I like there's been a number of people that have just been stalwarts in my in my journey, and uh, you know it just reaffirms you know that you have that great connection with people. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with your assessment. One is I, I do think it's a very valuable experience. And uh, two, yeah, the whole, uh, what happens to your friendships and, and those sort of dynamics is very, very, very interesting. And, and I just thought about it, you know, that if everyone had a deliberate career, uh, career path on both sides, I think 
we'd get a lot more done in healthcare. So if people, if people in decision-making healthcare leaders uh, had supplier side experience as well as provider side, I think it would be a game changer because yeah, one is you get, you understand the system a little bit better in the interactions. And I think we could cut a lot of time, you know, it takes so long to get things done. I think we'd have cut a lot of time. Uh, you know, I, I think back uh, to like my army career where in the army, they were very deliberate. You're going to spend three years as a leader of people. And then your next three years, you're going to be in a staff position because, you know, leadership uh, of uh, soldiers against staff, there's always this, you know, like this back and forth, back and forth, a little bit of aggravation. But now that you had to do that every three years in your career, you flip back and forth, back and forth. It, it made things a lot smoother. But anyways, hey, I want to talk more about leadership. But I, I, I know on the personal side, because you and I, like we've already established, have known each other uh, quite some time. And, and I know a little bit about your son, Caleb. Tell us about your son and then how that influences, you know, how you lead and, you know, the things that you do take on in your career. So, so, so for everybody that doesn't know, I, I have a... Uh... I have an amazing wife. I, uh, I think I typically introduce her as my, my better two-thirds because uh, she's way more than my better half. Um, and, uh, you know, I have, I have two amazing children. I have uh, Caleb, who is uh, 16, and I have Zoe, who's 14. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so Caleb, uh, he's on the autism spectrum, and um, we got his diagnosis um, very early on. My, my wife is one of those people, like I said, you know, she doesn't do anything partially. So, you know, when, as soon as she started seeing some of the concerns, the warning signs, she dove right in and uh, we got the evaluation. And as soon as we got the diagnosis, you know, you have that, that process where you kind of, okay, we have a diagnosis. This is something that we're going to be, you know, moving forward with. And I mean, you know, uh, it's in her typical fashion, you know, that next year she was like chairperson of the autism speaks walk in Georgia that, you know, has 25,000 people there. You know, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's my wife in a nutshell. So, I mean, she really, you know, that goes all out and which she then completely pivoted her entire career. And, you know, for the past uh, 10 plus years, she's been working for Autism Speaks. So, you know, having a son with autism is it, it's a great experience because it really kind of shows you, um, you know, the, the challenges that, that we all have. And, um, you know, especially from a social interaction perspective, I think, you know, when you start seeing like how people interact and how important, you know, um, some of the things that we just take for granted, like, like just you and me, like making eye contact and having these conversations, even though we're, 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 we're remote, you know, right. I'm seeing your face, I'm understanding that. And, and there's a lot of challenges. That's, that's not, a, that's not a necessarily a, an, an inherent skill, uh, especially for, you know, for, at least for my son, I don't want to generalize everybody on the spectrum, but that's, that's been one of the, one of the challenges. And, you know, just being able to understand that, you know, you really take a lot of how important it is to be able to say what you mean and communicate with others in, 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 a, in, in, a, in a term that, you know, that's acceptable or socially acceptable. Um, you know, that's, that's really one of the big things that I've you know, been focusing on is, you know, as we talk about diversity, we can't talk about diversity without adding the topic of neurodiversity. Because, I mean, there's some of the, I mean, I mean let's be real. I mean, I, I think Elon Musk came out as, as being uh, um, on the spectrum or being, uh, uh, um, what's it called, uh, he, Asperger's. Uh, which I know is a yeah. legacy term, so uh, don't don't judge me there. But you know that's what he said. Um, so I mean, like, there's a lot of brilliant people that are out there right now, and uh, you know they just might not have the opportunity because of some of these social interactions. So I, I even found myself. I, I remember interviewing people early on in my career um, before I had Caleb, and uh, you know there are probably people that I might have written off because I didn't understand the, some of the challenges. So I mean, having having a child with special needs. It's uh, it, it really it opens you up to seeing a lot more about other people, and it makes you a lot more empathetic to, to other people's challenges. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, thanks for sharing and, you know, about your family and about, about, uh, Caleb and how that impacts, uh, how you lead. Cause uh, clearly it, it's, uh, helped, I think it's helped shape you into, uh, a great empathetic leader. And, and I know a lot of the passion that drives you is around sort of the healthcare experiences that you've had in your family, uh, with Caleb and I, and, and, and other things that have gone on. So, so that's cool. And at the same time, you're a fellow triathlete, a fellow athlete, um, and you get to mix all that in your in your very busy life. So we talked a lot about your your different roles that you had. And, you know, I, I know I can't ask you what your favorite is because I'm sure all of them have like some pretty cool uh, aspects to them. Um, and, you know, it's a different context. So it's like comparing uh, apples and oranges. But you know, tell us about one of the roles in particular and, and, and what made it sort of that special role. I mean, so maybe, so, I mean, I, I definitely have to say, I mean, by, by all means, you know, there's a lot of great opportunities and there's a lot, been a lot of great people that I met, but, you know, Resurgence took a risk on a young kid. I mean, you know, that, that was, you know, when, when, when you were very, uh, I appreciate, you know, you saying how I was sharing, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I found was, so I was a CIO at 27. So, yeah. um, you know, resurgence took a, a risk on, on, on me and, you know, uh, you know, I, I think I will forever be appreciative of that. It was an amazing experience. It led me to lead so meet so many people, um, in, in this industry and, and it brought me to healthcare, which, you know, I think has been a calling for me. My, my, my brother's a doctor, my mom's a nurse. It's, it's been in the family. So it's just been a great opportunity. So, um, you know, that, that resurgence overall was, was definitely, uh, an, an important fact, but, uh, I'll say recently probably one was meaningful was, um, when we were doing, uh, at cure for you, we did a lot of, uh, scheduling, um, for, uh, uh, COVID vaccinations and, and those type of things. And, um, we were helping them with their command center with one of our customers and, um, you know, my, my kids were literally in the room, like, like, cause it was almost like mission control. Cause like we were, we had our platform up and we were monitoring it. Cause I mean, you know, we're getting that tens of thousands of people trying to get those, you know, those few appointments. And, you know, we had, it literally was like mission control. I had multiple monitors up and, you know, my son came in there and he's watching it and, uh, sorry, you get emotional, but it's just like, yeah. you know, that we, we, we don't, you know, in IT, we don't always get to have that, that type of moment yeah. where you're, you know, your, your kids just looking up at you and be like, wow, that's my dad. And like yeah. this, like enabling people to the pandemic and all the challenges that people have had, it was, uh, it was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's fantastic. And I, I double down and agree with you on uh, resurgence. You know, I had the same sort of experience. We, our, our careers mirror each other quite closely, although I'm, I'm a few years ahead of you. Uh, but yeah, when someone takes a chance on you when you're young uh, and, and then you got to make the most of it like you did. And I, I think I did okay as well where I was. So you're so humble, but you're so humble. (laughs) We all know it's really about the team. So it's like, I just always think back to the people like prop me up. I I go way back when I didn't know what a project plan was and someone had to tell me, I mean, I was so clueless and, and, and I tried to find those people in it recently. And I was like, thank you so much. Cause I was like, so clueless. Like, anyways, this isn't about me. It's about you. So I, I don't want to tell stories down that route, but man, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people helped me and I know they helped you as well. So, Hey, let's go all things digital now. So we, we talked quite a bit about uh, your story and just as a health executive and how you sort of came to be who you are and the factors that shaped you. And, you know, we talked a little bit about careers and, you know, looking, being, 
very well-rounded, trying both sides, the supplier side, as well as, uh, as the typical sort of uh, provider side. Uh, but w- what do you think is going to happen here in the next few years? And we won't go very far out in the years because, you know, that's kind of crazy. But, you know, one to three years, you know, we saw the emergence of virtual care with the things that you're doing now. Uh, where, where do you think healthcare is headed with digital transformation in the next one to three years? Um, you, you know, I, I definitely think, I mean, while, while I think that the immediate, you know, winner was telehealth, I think the long-term winner was, you know, for the longest time, you know, working in specialties, you know, scheduling was like, you know, the whole, I mean, that was like the most protected aspect of, of, of care. It's like, oh, we can't let patients schedule. If they schedule their appointments, you know, the, you know, the, the cats and dogs will live together and like, you know, they just, you know, you'll have a, a, a hand problem will be seen by a foot pair, a foot doctor and, you know, it'll just be insane. And, and I really think that like opening up the scheduling aspect has really, has really changed the way that, you know, we start engaging and like that once we've kind of opened that Pandora's box, you know, I just see more and more engagement. I love the fact that now we're talking about meeting the patient where they are. I think we've been talking about it for a long time. It's like, oh, we're going to meet the patient where they are as long as they log into this one portal that's only this one system and has this one set of data. Um, you know, we used to use a term called portal apathy. I mean, how many portals can we, I mean, and because it's not just healthcare, it's, you know, your banking system, your, your, you know, your, my, my dog has a portal, you know, it's like there's my school, my, my kids' schools have portals, you know, it's like there's so many different portals and passwords, like, I'd say probably two thirds of our passwords out there are probably to some sort of portal system of some sort. Um, so, you know, I, I really kind of start seeing, you know, meeting patients where they are, having stuff that's more ubiquitous um, and kind of having agnostic solutions where you can kind of get to the data. I mean, at the end of the day, I think what we forget is, you know, the patients, they're here to get their care and to move on with their lives. Well, well, you know, we want to make it meaningful, we want to make it experience, but I mean, we want to have them have the best experience when they're with us, but we want them to just be like a, a point in their day and not become like their entire day. Um, and, and I think that what's going to really drive digital care is, you know, how can we kind of meet the patient where they are? I mean, we see the proliferation of, you know, the, uh, the, the primary cares in the, in the uh, um, you know, in, inside of the, the CVSs, inside the Walgreens. I mean, you know, I, I really see care, you know, getting out into the community. I see care getting out into the home. Um, and, you know, we finally have, you know, enough connectivity to, to make that happen, even in rural areas, which, you know, I think is a, is a huge thing, um, you know, taking back to the AT&T and the first net pieces. So, you know, I'd say in the, in the next one to three years, we're, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to continue, um, you know, making more of what we have kind of, it was, I think COVID kind of threw us into the, into the, into the deep end. And now we're kind of like, okay, you know, now we're kind of like, okay, we've been thrown in the deep end. Now let's like make the best of it. Let's start, you know, working on our, our stroke and, 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 and perfecting it, you know, because we knew we got thrown in the deep end and we knew we just had to kind of just to, uh, to tread water, but now let, let now let now that we're in the deep end and we can never cl- we can never close Pandora's box again. How can we uh, um, you know make this productive and you know kind of take kind of iterate and, and continue? I mean, I think big tech's going to play a big part of that. I mean, I think I don't know. I, it, it's we, you know you can never have enough connectivity and you can never have enough storage. So I mean, like we're, I, I see solutions coming to the patient um, and uh, letting the patient have more of a deciding pro- uh, uh, factor. In their care. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And this is being recorded April, 2022. So, so uh, you know, we'll have a timestamp on it and, and uh, we'll listen to it again in a year or two, Bradley. But I think, I think you're right on. Hey, surprise question. As we uh, get towards a, at the end of our time here, I was just thinking about this as you were sharing about, uh, about Caleb, you know, it, 
I've met some great phenomenal leaders. A lot of them either went through personal trauma or, or they deal with, with uh, special circumstances on a daily basis, whether it's a family, you know, a family member or some other uh, thing that may have happened. Uh, but let's just say that you're a leader and you haven't had, and thankfully you haven't like a personal experience and, but you do recognize, you know, the need for the development of empathy uh, to really understand the patient. What recommendations might you have for someone like that who maybe it's a younger person, right? As we get older, we're exposed to more uh, that ha- stuff that happens. Uh, but so maybe you're, you don't have to be a younger person, but let's just say you're a younger person and, and, and you, you see such leaders as yourself, myself, and we've had these experiences. And, and so it helps shape us a certain way. But I recognize that I, I want to have that same understanding and I'm not experiencing that. So how might I get some of that? Do you know what I'm saying? You know, how, yeah, how no, do you, I, yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you garner empathy? And I, you know, I think, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, all the pandemic had a major impact. You know, so my, my wife, she's a, does field for autism speaks. Um, the, the nonprofit industry has been pretty much decimated by, um, you know, COVID, um, you know, when your job is to bring 25,000 people together for a walk and, uh, you know, you can't bring people together, uh, you have to get creative and, and do those type of things. So, you know, there are tons of organizations, um, you know, healthcare organizations, you know, whatever you're passionate about, um, out there that, you know, you can volunteer with. And I mean, you know, they're always looking for leaders, especially to kind of go in there and talk or, you know, just even spend time with some people that are looking to, to change their, change their life. I mean, you know, from, from my perspective, I mean, you know, from a healthcare perspective, I mean, that's, that's always been one of the biggest challenges, whether it's been on the, on the provider side or on the product side is, you know, that's not just an EMR record that you're dealing with right there. That could be somebody who's having the worst day of their life or the best day of their life, you know? And, uh, I think that that's kind of keep that in mind in the back of your head and, you know, go volunteer. It's, it's, there's no better, greater gift than giving of your time. Um, and, uh, you know, the person on the other end, the receiving end will be it would be so much more appreciative than just about anybody else that you're probably dealing with. So, you know, yeah. volunteer. Sage, sage counsel. And in your example about the EMR, yeah, we just take it for granted. But I remember that day I was waiting. I was waiting for the, you know, results of my test. Talk about getting emotional. I didn't mean to go there, excuse me, go there either. But, you know, I had that my portal in my hand, right? On my, my phone in my hand and with that portal open, waiting for that results of the test, telling me that I'm healed. I mean, it meant a big deal and it is a big deal. And, but oftentimes, you know, we're so used to it because we deal with it on a daily basis. We forget that there's a person behind there. And that's why it's so critical that those interfaces are working, that the portal's up and running, you know, that everything's real time and there's no delays and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So thanks for bringing that, that, that point home. That, that was really, really quite powerful. Look, uh, we talked about a tons of things. I already sort of summarized what we've talked about and then what we just talked about here about cultivating empathy. What did I miss, uh, Bradley, or anything else that you we did talk about that you want to double down? I'll give you the last word. Oof. I know. I mean, I just, I, I, I just, I'm just so glad to be around people again, you know, doing, doing these experiences. I mean, I know we're virtually here, but, you know, get, get back out there, you know, meet somebody new. I, I heard a... You know, I'm a very, I'm an impatient person. You know, I, that's, I think maybe that's what I like about triathlons is because you can get in there and you can get in the bike and then like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to pass you and I'm going to pass you and, and, and those type of things. So, you know, but I, I heard, I felt where I heard it, but somebody's like, you know, a line is just another opportunity to meet somebody new. 
So, you know, uh, think, think about that next time. Cause you know, I, I do find myself, yeah. you know, as, especially as I've gotten older, you know, kind of meeting new people and, and, you know, cause you really don't know, uh, you know, experience is what, what teaches us and what, what shapes our reality is our experience. So the more that you have experience, the, the, the better and more well-rounded you're going to be as a, just as a, as a leader, as a, as a human being. So I would just, I would just say, meet, meet somebody new every day and just, just, uh, just see, see how that treats you. Bradley, you're a great person, a, a great leader. I, I, my life is better for having known you all these years. I'm glad Thank we're you. still connected. Thank you. Thank you for being part of our podcast. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. You know, you've been an inspiration to me. I, I, I guess I didn't really get that uh, throughout my career. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, you were a lot of what I wanted to be, um, especially early on in my career. And then, you know, now as you continue to share and you're, uh, you're very open with your, with your, with your life. So, so keep sharing because, because we're here and, and uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bradley. And you got way better hair than me too. So I'm, I'm going to talk about that <laughs> next time. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.